Happy Thursday, Imogen Wells. Happy Thursday to you. And Thursday holds a very dear space in your heart, doesn't it, Emil? Well, I mean, it takes the number one spot on my power ranking the days of the week list, if that's what you're referring to. Why Thursday, not Friday or Saturday? Okay, think about the flow of the week, right? Monday sucks because you're back to work. Mm. Um, Tuesday sucks because you're working your way into the work. Wednesday really sucks because it's the middle of the week and you've got two days behind you and then you've got two days ahead of you and it's like, oh my God. You're as far from fun on Wednesday as you ever are going to be during the week. Wow. But then... Then on Friday, Friday's like a fun day because um, you've got the weekend ahead of you, but it's also kind of like a, come on, come on, you're watching the clock and it's not going as fast as you Mm. want it to. Whereas Thursday, it has the promise of potential. You can think about the possibilities that you're going to do with your time. Gee, I'm really getting into this, eh? You are. But what you're saying resonates to me, but for Wednesday. Wednesday for what? me is the day with promise. Tuesday are is Are you the... kidding me? No. You're a psycho. You, you know are. That? You are. <laughs> Hang on. We're going to Gee, throw this around. Turn, I'll fight back. <laughs> Tuesday, though, worst day of the week. Worst day of right, the week. Okay, yeah, Tuesday's yeah. nap. But it's not Tuesday, it's Thursday. It's Thursday. Kia this is usable. I'm Emil. <laughs> and I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. A huge data leak of more than a million New Zealanders' driver's licence details. How do you know if you're affected? What's the deal with this news about vaccines for cancer? Move over influencing de-influencing has taken over the internet. And here's a question. Would you eat a mammoth meatball? Are we referring to an extremely large meatball or the extinct Ice Age animal? You will have to listen to find out. We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Really interesting story that might actually affect you, our newsable listeners. A huge data breach of the consumer lending company Latitude, which provides buy now, pay later services for companies like Harvey Norman, as well as managing the GEM Visa card. The details of more than a million New Zealanders' driver's licences have been caught up in this breach. So if you're a GEM customer or you've used Latitude in the past, what should you actually be doing now? Well, joining us now is Sean Lyons from NetSafe. Now, the focus at the moment seems to be on driver licence data. How could that data be used nefariously? Like, why is that a big deal? Driver's licence is something that people accept as a, as a fairly standard and valid proof of, of who you are. Um, now, now that, that might be viewing it in, in, in a hotel or taking a copy of it or whatever it is, or in some cases when you're applying for financing in certain situations. Now, Having a copy of that license, having that license and its numbers mean that you have quite a lot of details about an individual. And if you need to, if someone asks you to verify who you are, then it's possible that you can represent yourself as that person, even apply for a new license, those kinds of things. So it's a lot of information. Having that in somebody else's possession can be potentially quite problematic. If you are a victim of a breach like this, or you think you might be rather a victim of a breach like this, what should your first steps be? I think if it's possible, uh, if it's practical, to contact the company first of all. Contact them and find out if you are involved in that breach, or, or even possibly contact them if you think you might be. If you're not, if you can be excluded from that, then big sigh of relief and, and, and carry on. If you are, then then I guess talk to them about what, what their plans are. But there are things that you probably need to start thinking about doing for yourself 
if that information has been uh, caught up in, the, in, in this breach. Are there ways that you can actually safeguard yourself against this kind of stuff personally, or is it simply an inevitable consequence of lots of data being stored online that these sorts of things are going to happen? I'd, I'd hate to call it inevitable because, I mean, I think there are always things that, that can be done. And, and, and I think, you know, that this is... It's a criminal act by someone to to, to break into the systems of uh, of latitude. But how much can we do to protect ourselves? I mean, if someone's um, taking that information as part of their terms and conditions for applying for finance or travel or whatever it might be, then I guess we have an option at some point to say, well, you know, I don't have particular confidence, you know, maybe not in you directly, but but generally in the storage of this kind of information. So is there another way that we can enter into this um, relationship, whatever that might be, without me giving you a copy of my driver's license? Is there something else that, that, that you can do? And I guess the other thing, and, and this is, is, is a tough one, but it is to think very carefully. And, and if you can, ask the questions of those providers before you provide that information. What is it that you do? to safeguard my information against the what might be inevitable attacks? How do you look after my data um, on, on a day-to-day basis? That might be a tough question to, to ask, and it might be a tough question to answer. But I think for our own peace of mind, it's possibly something that we need to start thinking about before we you know, g- give away information and data. And, and that's across a whole range of things, it, it, not just when you're photocopying your driver's license or giving somebody a copy of your passport, but actually... Even when you're, um, you know, you're filling out a form and someone's saying, I want your surname, your home address and your date of birth. That's some pretty useful information for people if they're using it to convince somebody that, that they are you or, or using that against you to say, um, I'm from a company that you have got a relationship with and I can prove that. The brave new world, eh, Sean? Sean Lyons from, uh, from Netsafe, thank you very much for your time today. We, we really appreciate it. My actual pleasure. I never think twice about entering my full name, date of birth, address... You know, like even just, it's not even to do with credit card details, like Sean was saying, it can be just your name and your birthday. It never even occurred to me the idea that you might ask a company for a bespoke agreement. Because like, you know, if you don't give your name and your address, then it does that little red asterisk. You haven't filled out all the required details. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. I'll tell you my credit card number. <laughs> Got me there. Got me there. Um, moral of the story, delete the internet. Hey, it's been a holy grail for as long as any of us can remember, a cure for cancer. But what if instead of curing it, there was actually a way to prevent it? Cancer vaccines are huge news right now. The US FDA has just given a skin cancer vaccine trial the go-ahead to accelerate. Uh, Emma's been looking into this. Explain to me, an idiot, how these how these are like meant to work. Don't be so hard on yourself. You're a fun idiot. (laughs) Um, Essentially, it's a bit like the COVID vaccines. Most of these uh, cancer vaccines under development are mRNA vaccines. They're injecting the genetic instructions of the illness into the body, which then forces the immune system to react. So in a nutshell, it would be training a patient's body to fight cancer before it's even got the cancer. Yeah, right. Putting some troops in your body so that they're in battle Mm. hardened. Um, when it turns up, okay. So lots are in development, right? Like, like, is it a broad segment for different types of cancer? 
So the skin cancer vaccine, the one you talked about just yeah. before, is in the works, and that's the only one that's probably the furthest along. Early trials found it reduced cancer recurrence or death by 44%. And there are a whole range of others that are in early stages of trialling. Uh, we're talking ovarian, colorectal, lung and pancreatic cancers, for example. Yeah, okay. And so, oh, I mean, you know, developing new medicines like those new vaccines, often it takes years and years and years, um, lots of safety testing. So I'm guessing that these aren't going to be available in like next week. Uh, do you know how long a piece of string is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a long way to go with yeah. some of these to make sure they're safe and effective. Work is being done here to develop a vax for hepatitis B, which then that can lead to liver cancer. Um, in the US, the skin cancer vax we mentioned is fast tracked for review, and in Australia, approval is not being granted for mRNA treatments for cancer, but a facility is being set up at Monash. University to develop them. And then if we look over to the UK, the NHS has partnered with a company to fast track development and patients will be able to get access this year at some point with the goal of having the treatments available to around 10,000 patients by 2030. So wheels are obviously turning uh, and people really do believe, or the people that, you know, the scientists, the smart people, not like you, the idiot, yeah. um, really do believe that this is the way to go. Wow. Imagine, well, science correspondent. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, what, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about that got to journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. That, that, I think it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing iffy in there. On. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. We are used to influencers and content creators peddling us anything and everything, the almighty dollar. But there is a new trend in town. It is de-influencing. Instead of trying to sell us products, some influencers are calling BS on viral products instead. Here to influence us to get on the de-influencing train is social media wizard Kennedy Anderson. Kennedy, kia ora. Kia thank you for having me guys. Why do you think we're seeing influencers now call out heavily influenced products? It's like influencers or creators are like almost being honest, right? They're like, oh, let me tell you the truth about a product. When in reality, like that was the whole point of influencing in the first place. The idea was push things that you know and love and do it in a way where marketing's transformed, right? It's word of mouth marketing on a greater scale. Do you think it's like influencers sold their soul because they could, I suppose, and because you want to make some bank, you want to make some cheddar, but now it's kind of come full circle and, again, authenticity is the currency that resonates with the audience? Yeah, it's funny because I think a lot of people in the world claim to like be authentic in this world. And it is, look, without being you know, too, I'm definitely one of the ones that has fallen for the big paycheck every now and then, and I'm not going to pretend like I haven't. I don't think the term de-influencing even actually exists it's just influencing properly and it's like the bubble's been burst yeah exactly it's like we've kind of been like okay how long did infomercials on tv work before we were like okay we get what they're doing we still fall for them every now and then they're still on tv they're legally allowed to be there but we get it now right the extra set of knives isn't going to make us buy the ab circle pro <laughs> <laughs> or, well, <is> it? <laughs> or, or sometimes it is <laughs> 
I've almost come around full circle and enjoy watching an infomercial now and then, but anyway, part of influencing and content creating these days is promoting dupes, so like the cheaper or more accessible alternative. But I know this is a broad brush, but all dupes, but like are dupes actually legit or is that again promoting a probably crappy version of something that you should actually be spending money on? We've all done it. Whether we think we have or not, some people are like, no, I'm a I'm full and through brand guy. I would never buy a dupe. And it's like, well, have you bought the chocolate sandwiches? Because that's a Tim Tam. Like, we've all kind of fallen for it at some point. I'm not going to pretend and say that dupes aren't the go. Look, there are many, many times that I've gone to Zara to buy a jacket that definitely could have been on Balenciaga. Like, let's be real. I think it's actually being more honest. If you're an influencer, or you're a creator and you're pushing something like that, it's like, hey, my audience, this is what we can afford at the moment. You're probably in the same boat as me. And just being honest about that rather than promoting that they're up here and you can only afford the dupe version of that to me is inauthentic. Have you ever bought a crappy product because you were influenced online? <laughs> De- yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy Anderson, uh, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Now, you're not on Instagram or TikTok, are you a male? No, I, I'm not on Insta or TikTok. And yes, I, I do think they are harmful for society. And so is social media more broadly. But I am on Twitter, so I can't really preach at anybody. So do you have you ever been, like, do you ever come across influencers doing their influencing? Yeah, <laughs> yes, I do sometimes. Because, like, you know, it pops up on my Twitter feed and... Uh, I just find influencers and influencing kind of funny. What are influencers on Twitter peddling? Well, no, I'll just see like... (laughs) 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 Political strategies. Um, Nah, like I I see influencers pop up because my my girlfriend has Insta as well. Mm. And so sometimes I see those videos and I don't know. They just, I find them kind of amusing, you know. It's like, Wow. Kind of like infomercials, like we were talking about oh, in that, I love in that an thing. Like infomercials, except with a beautiful person who looks like they've come off a perfume ad in it. Um, you know, more power. Got to make that cheddar. Got to make that cheddar. I've never heard anyone say that, and you've now said it twice. Really? You've never heard that? Make the cheddar. Make the cheddar. Mo, one food you would never, ever, 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 ever eat. Olives. Olives. Disgusting. Don't understand how anyone could like them. And don't tell me to try one either. I have tried. So Sorry. Can you tell him I passionately hate them? Okay. So you wouldn't eat olives, but let me ask you this. Would you eat mammoth? What? Like a woolly mammoth. Would you eat mammoth? Aren't they dead? All of them? Why am I asking that as a question? I know they're dead. You have identified an issue here, you know, which is <laughs> that mammoths are extinct and have been for millions of years. But um, maybe they're not because an Australian company has uh, essentially recreated mammoth meat in a lab. Oh, no. I don't know exactly how they did this, but I think they – my understanding is that they kind of like – they sequenced the, the DNA of, of the mammoth um, and used science to recreate – Mammoth meat, and then made it into a meatball. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't try. Okay, this is interesting. So you wouldn't try it. No, all I can imagine is a hairy meatball. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's the first hurdle is getting that and image out of my and, head. Yeah, yeah. Musty, extinct meat <laughs> <laughs> with woolly mammoth fur around it. So I probably need to get past that visual before I can properly, properly rather entertain. The idea. I mean, come on, would you? Yeah, yeah, totally. You do it. Yeah, you do it for the experience. I do it for eh? the novelty. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You would. Yeah, you're there for the experience. All right. So, so mammoths off the table. What about dodo? I feel like I could eat a dodo. 
a dodo wing? Like a, like, like a big turkey wing or something? A boneless dodo wing? A boneless dodo wing. A, a dodo nuggy. A dodo nuggy. <laughs> um, hang on. I need to look up this mammoth meatball. Hang on, though. I'm reading here that they didn't even eat it. The scientists, the people who created it. They did it for decorative purposes, did they? No one has yet tasted the mammoth meatball. We haven't seen this protein for thousands of years, so we have no idea how our immune system would react. So they have created the mammoth meatball, but it's just it's just sitting there like some... Oh, it doesn't look nice either. I, uh, yeah, it looks crusty. It looks like a meatball. Mate, come on. Meatballs don't look nice at the best of times. Would you eat a mammoth meatball? I'm, I'm interested. Or what would you never eat? Flick us an email, newsable at stuff.co.nz or get on the Instagram. Tell us over there as well, at newsable.nz. But that is newsable for today. I'm Emile Donovan. <laughs> and I'm Imogen Wells. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on your favourite podcast player and leave us a rating and review. It really does help other listeners discover the show. We'd really appreciate it. And if not, I'm sending... Mammoth meat to your house. That's a really empty threat. It's really empty. I'm not a scientist. I'm not making mammoth meat. It must be a time. (laughs) You can also follow us on social media to stay up to date on new episodes, behind-the-scenes content like Mo eating olives, and all things newsable. You can find us on Insta and TikTok and YouTube. Just search Newsable NZ. Thanks for listening. Disclaimer, I'm never eating one, so don't follow us on Instagram if that's all you want to see, because it's never going to happen. Catch you tomorrow. If you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz support.